0: All right, look, I'm not going to get into the whole Robbie Ray for Cy Young debate thing in great detail today because we only have an hour show leading up to the first pitch of the White Sox uh, Jays game at the Rogers Center. And we'll hand it over to Ben Wagner at that point in time. But Kevin Barker, this much I think we need to say. After last night's Jays win, let's just go through the numbers here. Robbie Ray had 14 strikeouts in seven innings. That tied his career high. He Became the fifth player in Blue Jays history to record 14-plus strikeouts in a game. The last one was Brandon Morrow. People remember that game in 2010 when he had 17 Ks against Tampa Bay. Um, and he's the second to do it only over seven innings. Roger Clements had 14 Ks in, in seven innings in 1997. He's the first Blue Jays lefty to have 14 punchouts in a game. He set the record himself earlier this year, or he tied the record, the old record of 13. It's his seventh game with double-digit strikeouts. Uh, the second player in franchise history to register 10-plus strikeouts at least seven times in a single season. We go on and on and on. Kevin Barker, bottom line is this. You know, We, we talked about the Cy Young Award. Eno Saris, who is a Cy Young voter and um, is a is a big player in the baseball uh, analytics community. tweeted out. I'm, I'm taking a look at this. I think you're going to, this gets to our point Yes. I think you're going to see a lot of people, a lot of analytics folks who have votes are going to side over to Robbie Ray. But all that aside, all that aside, this much we can say, Burke, we are seeing one of the best, pitching seasons in Blue Jays history are we not
1: yeah I think so and, and to add to your little stat there he has he has 19 quality starts this year He's had he has six quality starts in a row he threw 111 pitches last night he got 23 swing and miss he's left handed yeah Jeff. he throws two pitches yeah. uh, that that for me is the the one thing is the slider you mentioned the 14 strikeouts 12 of those were against the slider two were the elevated fastball all 14 were swinging like, mm. that, that'll tell you what kind of stuff he's got. But that, the ability to consistently get swing and miss on the slider, that, that's the one thing for me is you can tell they just don't recognize that pitch. And it, if you've noticed, about 75% of the time, it, it's not a strike. Like if you yes. w- when you notice the really good hitters that go up because and everybody always says the exact same thing when you talk about what what's the main thing a starting pitcher has to do he has to establish quality pitches with his fastball and that's the one thing that you you watch him do for me that's taken him to a whole different level is the quality of strikes with his fastball because. I just mentioned the little 75% of the time that slider's not a strike. And you see really good hitters taking some really awkward weird swings because they're not picking up spin because they got to get it geared up for location and movement on that elevated fastball that, yeah, he's dominant.
0: Jays were 3-1 winners last night. Let's uh, give you the standings here ahead of today's first pitch. And as I said, Ben Wagner will join us in a few minutes and then Ben will have the call of the game this afternoon. Uh, as well, the le- division leaders, uh, what's the point? <clears throat> Tampa Bay's has won four in a <laughs> row now. They're way in front the American League East. The Houston Astros, they're leading the West. The White Sox still leading the Central. The wild-card race is what we're all about here. Forget the Yankees. The Yankees are three up in the wild-card picture. The Yankees are going to be one of the two wild-card teams. So now it comes down to the Red Sox, the A's, the Mariners, and the Blue Jays. And as of right now, going into today's game, Boston has the second wild-card spot. They are 72-56. and Oakland is a game and a half behind them. Oakland's kind of puzzling, Kevin. They've lost four in a row, and... Watch them a couple of times. Look, we, I, you never underestimate. Oakland's kind of like the Rays. They're always going to be there in one, one way or another. But something's just not working right now for Oakland. Seattle? Seattle's won three in a row. They're two and a half back, and then the Blue Jays are four and a half back, and then there's a big fall off to uh, Cleveland, who are eight games out of the wild card spot. Now, Looking ahead to today's game, you uh, and we will go back over last night's game, over that eighth inning where we saw some really good approaches at the plate from the Blue Jays. And one of the players involved in that that rally has been rewarded by another start today at DH. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I want to talk about Carlos Rodon, who is starting today for the Chicago White Sox. Now, you talk about Robbie Ray, two pitches. This is a guy making his first start since he went in the IL on August 6th. Bark. This guy's thrown 507 sliders this year. <laughs> He's given up 13 hits. You mentioned this to me. The opponent's average against him, against his slider, is .096. All right. And he throws hard. So this is kind of like Robbie Ray, right? This yeah, is except, kinda like except Robbie Ray. Rod-
1: Rodon throws about three miles an hour harder.
0: Consistent. Correct. Th- Rodon throws about three miles an hour harder. So yep. let's talk, one, about the Blue Jays' approach against him. But, two... It is his first start off the I.L. What what do 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 hitters take into account that the guy they are facing has been inactive for what, uh, 20 days? So he's probably missed four starts. Do guys take that into account when you go up to the
1: plate? Sure, they do. Well, the first thing they think of is make him throw strikes early. Don't chase. Don't get yourself out. Make him command the zone make him try and get you out with quality pitches. But, you know, even the stat you just read, if you're sitting around the clubhouse and you're looking at things that that Rodon does and the first thing that pops up is the batters are slugging 119 Off his slider, he throws that pitch 27% of the time, most of the time with two strikes. That's what you're getting. Well, why would you try and get to two strikes? This this is the one guy for me that you really got to force on the plate with velocity, right? It's going to be somewhere in the average. He's going to pitch it right around 95, 96. Occasionally, he'll hump it up, and it'll be 98, 99. Occasionally, he'll reach three digits. But he's pitching it somewhere around 96 miles an hour. So, you know, if you're having a little trouble in, On some hard stuff, you don't look for the ball in, right? You look for the ball out over the plate. You try and maybe get your foot down a little bit early. Again, it's about throwing strikes because you did say that he hasn't pitched since August 7th in a big league game. So that will tell you that, you know, going in, game plan's real simple. I don't want to try and attack the slider because it's really good. Nobody else can hit it. Why I think I can hit it. So I'm going to go up and look for Seamer. I'm going to look in my zone. And when I get it, these are guys like this that when you get one to hit, you're probably going to get one. You can't miss right. it, and that's the thing with the Blue Jays is here lately they get good pitches to hit, but a lot of the times they don't they don't put them in play and put them in play hard. But against guys like this, this is what you have to do: you have to force him on the plate, you have to force him in your zone, and when you get it, you can't miss it. This is
0: the uh, Blue Jays lineup for this afternoon's game. Bo Bichette will lead off at short. Marcus Semien is at second. Vladdy is back at first base. Teoscar Hernandez is in right field. Alejandro Kirk getting the started. DH, we'll talk about him in a minute and his role in last night's win. Santiago Espinal back at third base. Randall Gritchick in center. Uh, Kevin Smith getting the start in left field. Reese McGuire behind the plate with Hyun Jin Ryu on the mound for the Chicago White Sox. Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, Cesar Hernandez, Brian Goodwin, Lurie Garcia, and Sebi mm. Zavala behind the plate. We mentioned Carlos
1: so, says, Rodon. Says no Lourdes Guerrero Jr. in there? No. It's very, very odd that all of these games matter, and they're putting Kevin Smith in left field. You, you know, the, the couple of times we've seen Kevin Smith... Uh, hit at the plate, what's been the one thing, the one glaring thing that stands out to you? Uh, uppercut, man. You, you can beat him with velocity. What, yeah. What's Rodon throw? A ton of velocity. velocity. So that that one there is a little shocking to me, bottom of the order. You want some guys trying to get on base for the top of the order. Lawrence has been having some quality of bats. You know, he doesn't always get a hit, but he's staying inside the ball. He's starting to hit more balls to right center field, which that'll tell you that direction. He's on time with his lower half. And I just, is, is it really time to see what you got? Not for me. Um, not
0: no, for me. I'm, 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 I'm with you in and, this. And, what... and and the problem here. Look, we, we didn't hear. I haven't heard Charlie's. I, I presume Lurtis Guriel Junior's fine. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not at the point. I'm not at the point yet where I need to find out about Kevin Smith. I can do that in the yeah. final 2 weeks in September if I'm out of it. And frankly, I think I kind of know what Kevin Smith is. He's not going to be starting for this team if, next year. If Kevin Smith, I'll tell you what, if Kevin Smith is on the starting lineup for this team opening day 2022, something may some, some somebody's been hurt in spring training. Yeah, if if Lourdes,
1: if Lourdes is healthy, I, I just don't get this. That that's for me. You know, yeah. Again, you got Ryu on the mound, who who's a soft contact guy. You know, you are yeah. not going to have to worry about guys running all over the outfield trying to catch balls because you know he's found the cutter. He's mm-hmm. locating the four seamer a little bit better into righties. The arm speed on the change up's been better. You would think that he's going to get a ton of soft contact. I just, I I would, oh, Kevin, you, I would want to think you would put your better guys offensively that can give you a quality at bat against a tough pitcher. That's and the okay. other thing, the other thing I would look at, I know he hits left handed.
0: But if you want, if 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 there is a concern with somebody's defense, there, well, then stick Corey Dickerson there. If 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 the concern is defense,
1: stick Corey Dickerson there. Well, I'm I'm with you. To me, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe Lourdes, maybe we've maybe they've come out and said Lourdes is not feeling right, or they haven't said that. And maybe they know that he doesn't feel possible. right. Maybe. Day game,
0: day game after night game, uh, he played at first base
1: yesterday. Really, uh, you know, I
0: mean, <laughs> yeah. You <know>, okay, wherever. <laughs> Uh, wherever where, wherever that goes is uh, is where it goes. All right. Well, we do know this: Alejandro Kirk uh, getting the start at DH today. Um, Reese McGuire starting because he Jin Ryu is on the mound. Now, Bark, we spent a lot of time talking about Alejandro Kirk. You know, and, and Alejandro Kirk does something good. And people treat it as if it's, you know, as as, as if it's the, the greatest the greatest play in baseball history. A lot of people are really they're all in an Alejandro Kirk. Now we said, and I think we're both in the same page here. There's something there. I I don't think there's an everyday catcher there. Uh I, I just don't. I think he's kind of sloppy okay. behind the plate. But but I don't there is something there as a hitter. Yeah, let, there let, is something there as a hitter. Let
1: me ask you, what's the what's the definition of an everyday catcher? Is it four days a week? Is it five days a week? Is it three days a week? What the definition today is was is different than it was seven or eight minimum, years ago. I would That's say
0: a, I would say I would say a minimum four days a week, and you got to catch the best pitcher in the staff, which he does. He catches the he catches. Here's the thing, you know, I'm sitting there saying I think I don't like him behind the plate dude is catching a guy who might win a Cy Young. Yeah.
1: Now, now remember too, Robbie Ray's got two pitches. You know, it's not like you're reinventing a wheel and you got five pitches to choose from and you, you got to think along with a guy like you do with you, but I'm with you. It's, it's about, you could tell him and, and Robbie Ray were, you know, the way uh, Kirk is setting up, he's setting up soon enough. He's giving a big mm-hmm. target. You know, it's more about where he wants the ball to go. So you got to set up according to that. And Right, they they got a nice little flow. I'll give yeah. him that, but I, offensively, I really like him. Right, it's it's just yeah. He them. has he has look. He puts the bat
0: on the ball. He just does, and you and that is a that is a skill. I, there has to be a spot for yeah, that. There has to be a spot. for that. he's hitting
1: three forty five against lefties. He's hitting three fifteen yeah. in nineteen games since he came came back from the minor leagues. Like, look, it's it's one of those things where you're starting to notice the bat that he that he got the single to right field. You mm-hmm. can tell the lefty. When if he was watching, uh, the the lefty that was throwing all the righties in Aaron with fastballs, yeah. yeah, in with fastballs, it was for whatever reason it was hard to pick up. It had a little bit of late movement to it, and you could tell in his bat he was trying to force him away from that, get something out over the plate, maybe a little slower, just something that I can get my arms extended because I'm having. You know, a good inside-out approach now. I'm starting to hit balls to the right center, center field. You know, he lined out to center field early in the game. So he's got that nice little barrel, you know, ball to to skill right now that's working. So he has a really good approach. I I like him offensively. You know, again, I still think he needs to refine what he's doing, uh, you know, with with his weight and and that kind of program. Maybe that'll make his bat a little Mm -hmm. bit quicker. Maybe that could add a little bit more carry to the ball. You know, maybe he could become a... Twelve to fifteen home run guy with with twenty doubles. I don't know, but I'm with you. The defensive side of it. That's I listen.
0: I again, Robbie Ray is has got a shot at winning the Cy Young award. This guy's catching him, but I have I have a great deal of concern. And this is a Jays thing. This isn't a, a an Alejandro Kirk thing and i don't know maybe gabriel marino answers all these questions but bark this team has to do a better job controlling the controlling the running game i know nobody steals bases the way they used all to right, yes. but they put themselves in position time and time again where a fly ball results in a run because somebody's on third base they do that time and again yeah and I know they've got pitchers that are slow to the plate you know, and and Jordan Romano's going through all that stuff. I mean there there's there's a lot of stuff they have to work through and I okay. don't know I don't know if there's any catcher that could, you know, that can overcome that. Right? I tend to believe that by and large you steal your bag off the pitcher more often than not. Yeah,
1: let me ask you a question. Uh, Garcia yesterday stole second and third and that's how they scored the run the White Sox. Would, would you right. rather have Robbie Ray slide stepping or trying to do the let the leg kick turn to his ear to punch people out. I know the answer that I right. I would give you. You're right. And that, and
0: as 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 Buck and Dan noted last night, I did not and I didn't like Jordan Romano slide stepping as well either. in that in that situation. So but I, I guess what I'm saying is there's gotta be there has to be some sort of balance. And look, we've talked to Pete Walker about this. Pete's concern is you punch outs that that's what the game is about now. We've we've sure. we've talked about that. But I just think that you have to you have to force the other team to kind of respect that you are you are aware of the running game and that you are prepared to control it. That doesn't mean you have to do it all the time, but put that put that doubt in the other team's in the other team's mind and Look, I, I think games situations like that when you get to the postseason are those are those are things that, that hurt a team. But you're right, I'm picking again, the guy's gonna this guy's got a shot at the Cy Young Award. And if he wins the Cy Young Award, nobody's gonna sit there and say, Yeah, but you know they stole seventeen or eighteen <laughs> bases off him. All I'm saying is before I'm ready to commit to Alejandro Kirk as my everyday catcher, uh or as yeah, as my everyday catcher, I need to see more from him behind the plate. I do.
1: Yeah, I I think you split that in half. For me, it's more about blocking. It's more about game calling. It's more about when a tough inning arises, he is there to put the you know, finger down with authority, give it to the pitcher, say, throw it right here, I got you, I know what I'm doing, we can get through this together kind of thing. The throwing people out, look, there. a lot of things have to go right. It's, mm. you know, the, oh, the, right. the pitcher it's, has to do kind of things. It's, it's a, they're throwing the baseball, remember that. So it's up to them to slow the game down enough, to disrupt the runner's timing, to get good jumps, and these kind of things. So I'm with you a little. I just think you need to split that in half. For me, it's more about the, the first part of it than it is controlling the running game and yeah. – all
0: those things. Yeah, but I, again, I, I will say that, uh, you, you know, ultimately, the only way we will, ultimately, we will know whether or not how much worth Alejandro Kirk yeah. has by how, by when you get to the off season the teams ask them for Alejandro. Okay, Kirk I'll a ask trade, you, a, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll ask you a dumb a question. Trade. I'm sorry. Dumb, dumb question. Today, game's on the line. Say they're down a run or, or they're tied. Who would you rather have up? Right now, Kirk, for me.
0: Over? Pick a guy. No, I'd rather have – I'd still rather have Simeon or Bo. I like
1: That's the three nice. I like the three fifteen, I like the three forty five, I like the nice little inside out approach to right center field. I'm not talking about three days from now. I'm talking about tonight, today, this afternoon. Game on the line, late in the game, throw it on velocity. Against the we've, okay. we've seen yeah, him hit, we've seen him take ninety nine off the center field wall. I mean all right, I will, how many other I will, guys have you seen take ninety nine in the last couple of days off the center field wall? Not in this team. There you go. All right,
0: I'll, I will, uh, I will, I will go. I will go with you on that. It is Baseball Central, the pregame edition. Three o seven is the first pitch today. It'll be Carlos Rodon for the Chicago White Sox. Hyunjin Ryu on the mound for the Blue Jays. Ben Wagner will have the call of the game, and he'll join us next. This is Baseball Central at Sportsnet five ninety, the fan. right as always 590 590 is the text line patrick from saskatoon saying uh jeff i think the schedule is what's been going wrong for the a's they're in a rough stretch they certainly are having your one of your pitchers take a ball off the uh cheek yeah. not a good thing either uh so the combination of injuries and, and sean
1: and has been a little up and down too here lately yeah, they're yeah. they're they're a good team. Bob Melvin, Bob Melvin, I think was a bench coach when I was with the Brewers earlier in my career, and he was mm-hmm. he just he's very easy to talk to. He's very easy to walk up and and just go basically, hey, what are you seeing? And he'll tell yeah, you, he like is. he'll give you a legitimate, you know, down to earth because he knows how it is and how hard baseball is. So he they'll figure it out there. He's a perfect. They'll be manager. right there at the end.
0: Yeah, he's a perfect manager for that front office. There like, you go. He is a guy who just he's very. Take a little Very bit of what they feel. got to
1: say and add it to what the yep. players have to say and mix them two together.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know we had Liam Hendricks on yesterday, and Liam Hendricks was talking about how how much just how cool it was yeah. that A's clubhouse is. They they have always they have always had. I'm going back now to when I I'm thinking about when I came over to cover the American League, so like 1997 or so. They've always had really fun dudes in that clubhouse. They've had guys like Nick Swisher, um you know, uh Eric Chavez. They've always had a, a very and Marcus Samuels. they've had a really cool vibe in their clubhouse. Yeah. You know, they they they're a Bay Area team, man. And they they very much reflect the yep. Bay Area. Ben Wagner will have the call of this afternoon's game 307 is the first pitch. It'll be Carlos Rodon against Hyun Jin Ryu. Uh, the Jays' 3-1 winners last night over the Chicago White Sox, uh, putting together three at bats in the eighth inning that we've been Ben Wagner, we've been we've been kind of dying to see right for for a while to to see Teoscar and Valera and Kirk put those at bats together.
2: Oscar Hernandez is where. Uh, where it starts Uh, for me in that at bat, right? It it took a two-out rally to get it rolling for the Blue Jays. And Teoscar, for whatever reason, has really fallen on pretty hard times. I mean, he was in an 0 for 18 rut. He looked Mm -hmm. a little lost. He was getting pounded in and just takes a single to go the opposite way. You know, we've been talking about that the last couple of days. What are some of these cool bats trying to do during batting practice, extra flips, work in the cage? It's back to that kind of easy approach, drive a ball up the middle or go the opposite way. And, uh, you know, that was, that was important for Teoscar, and it set up a perfect, perfect opportunity between Valera and then get the handedness of Alejandro Kirk to the plate. Um, that, that was the matchup that I think the Blue Jays ultimately wanted to get to, and Kirkie came through. Uh,
1: ben, where does Robbie Ray start last night, rank in starts that you've seen live?
2: Well, I mean, that's one of the more dominant starts that I've seen from him personally. Um, you know, uh, I've called a couple of no-hitters since getting into this chair. Those are pretty dominant starts. But last night, I mean, that guy was just doing what he wanted with a fastball and, and slider. That was that was pretty impressive. And uh, it capped it off the way that an unbelievable outing should be capped off. And that was with one of the game's best hitters at the plate. And Tim Anderson, in a big moment in that game, and the best guy won. And last night, Robbie Ray was hands down the best guy on the field. Yeah,
1: why, why do you think it is that, that that slider, they just don't recognize spin on it? And, and and you know, about 75% of the time, it's a ball. Why do you think that is? I think there's a little deception with it. I think
2: there's um, some, some approaches that guys are trying to get to that fastball and know that they've got to get out and lean on it uh, a little bit more because of the life that's on it. And uh, you know, the slider all of a sudden is on top of him, and he, and he throws a pretty hard one. And, and I think the, the strike-to-ball ratio, when you look at the tunneling of things, works in his advantage. And right now it is working as well as it has ever worked in his career.
0: Can you give us the daily George Springer update? Mr. Barker
2: tells me that he was running around the bases on our on our camera here indeed indeed he was running the bases as scheduled today he did three or four sprints up the first baseline and then he went first to third a couple of times and then he went from the box to second base a couple of times uh encouraging signs charlie montoyo jose Ministral, and ross atkins all were out observing it and i heard the trainer tell the general manager jose Ministral, to ross atkins looks great to me and now it's up to george springer and how his body feels moving forward, um, you know, in the next couple of days on how it's going to respond. One of the other things that I noticed, and I thought this was important, he's lost the bionic yeah. leg leg yeah. brace. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't have that big sturdy leg brace on when he was doing this. It was more like the compression sleeve, the old school high school knee brace with the Velcro on it. Um, that's what he was wearing today, and I think that's a positive sign too.
1: Ben, can you explain to me why Kevin Smith playing left field today? Yes, I can,
2: uh, because Lourdes Goriel Jr. is an adventure in left field, and um, uh, yeah. That's
1: that. oh, okay, for me just to sound you know like an old man that's grumpy, right now with the issues that you're having offensively, you know, Kevin Smith is what Kevin Smith is, I think. Got a right-hander with an uppercut who sometimes, that we've noticed, has a little trouble with velocity. I don't know if everybody's noticed, but Rodon that, he- throws, that, that is uh, throwing today throws a bazillion miles an hour. Yeah. I would rather have that guy offensively that can stay inside out of baseball, level out a swing, hit a, a 72 hopper through the right side of the infield and drive in a run from second base. That's just me. And, and you're we're, leaning. With yeah, you're on, leaning
2: Guriel, right? Yeah, like, with
1: you on the mound, you're taking Sting out of bat. You think Lourdes is not going to be running all over the outfield trying to uh, catch balls. It just, I just, uh, that makes me scratch my head a little. That's all.
2: But, and that's why Kevin Smith gets the opportunity to play in left field, right? You don't expect him to be too busy in left field, but with Kevin Smith getting an opportunity to play today over Lourdes Gurriel Jr., I don't think it's about outfield. I think it's, uh, and you bring up a good point, you know, Rodon actually has been really tough on right-handed hitters when you look at it this season, and, and specifically this season. So... You know, they're giving him a chance. They're going to give a lot of guys, the young guys, uh, a chance up here in the month of September and in this last week of August. And I think it was more of a matchup thing, and Gurriel's just not the guy today. Mm.
0: Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, talk to our friend, Mr. Malacaro, but uh, we know Nate Pearson pitched the seventh for the Bisons yesterday. Uh, 17 pitches, seven strikes. Uh, He had a four-pitch walk. Uh, This is Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News reporting This is Velocity. He had 11 pitches were 98 or above, three at 100, but the command obviously wasn't didn't, didn't seem to be there. One, are you hearing anything about Nate Pearson and, and where he stands vis-a-vis being being brought up? Because I think Charlie did kind of say that there'd be
2: one more one more outing, right, and then they'd see where they would go with him. Last night was it? That was the scheduled outing, but there has been building conversation about Nate Pearson, uh, and do they see enough of command? That it would warrant the promotion. Have they seen enough, ultimately? Is he commanding the strike zone enough? They're happy with the velocity. They're happy with the way that his body has been responding. Uh, There is some argument in the room, though, talking with people within the organization. Can he go back-to-back? And they would like to see him go back-to-back in the minor leagues versus the first test coming back in the major leagues if they make a spot. Um, But on the other side, they're like, why are we wasting these bullets in AAA? If he's dominating a Triple A lineup, and if we're happy with the overall strike throwing and the execution of the pitches, let's get him up here. So uh, there's a lot of discussion, and they've given him a couple of days in between each outing. So I think today is one of the big decision days, and if and if the biggest voice in the room wins out, likely see him in Detroit.
1: Okay, Ben, can you finish the sentence for me? The biggest difference between Tim Mesa, UC, is.
2: Slider command again. That's it. That's it. That's it. And it's a product of a couple of things. Uh, He's made a little bit of a tweak on how he's getting it in his arm action, and he's also moved to the other side of the rubber. He said that's been the biggest benefit for him, and that pitch recognition was not there, or the pitch recognition from a hitter perspective wasn't as deceptive as what it needed to be, and that's why he made the adjustments oh, in that slider.
1: Okay, for people that, that don't tune into Tim Mays as much as you do, you, you mentioned he moved from one side of the rubber to the other. Can you explain which side that was? Yeah, he listening? went
2: more towards the third base side of the rubber. He, just, he was an extreme guy. He wanted some crossfire action on left-handers, and he felt that the sinker would be more effective, too, on right-handed hitters, and we saw that last night, too.
0: Ben, we're going to let you rest the pipes. Really good of you to do this, as always, my friend. Great Thanks. stuff. Thank you, guys. Chat see you. soon. See you, buddy. Absolutely. That's Ben Wagner. He will have the call in roundabout, what, 36 minutes or so. First pitch will be at 3.07 from the Rogers. It's Just It's
1: just funny, whenever you see a guy starting performing, and I mentioned these stats to you before we went on the air, that Tim Mays in his last 15 innings has only given up five hits and three runs. And then that's why I asked Ben about that because he's up close and personal and he sees him a lot more up close and personal than me and you do, that he has moved on the rubber like that, trying to get a little bit more crossfire action, make the sinker move a little bit later, at least to the eyes of a right-handed hitter. It makes a lot of sense. And when you can throw strikes, you can do that with a little bit of deception added to that where it's a little harder to pick up your pitch. I just like it that Tim Mesa is capable now as a big leaguer to yes. make a big movement like that, and it translate to the field, and he come on, and you can pitch him in the seventh, the eighth, the ninth inning, and be happy about it. A well, cu- couple of things about
0: Tim Mesa, and he, he has been a guy that has just kind of, kind of, kind of gone under the radar for a while. One, there are a lot of people in the organization. I mean, yeah, we always talk about it. It's a good, they, they like the makeup of the guy, but I just think that what has happened to Tim Mesa maybe in the past eighteen months or so is he's figured out a little bit how to stay healthy and i'll i'll tell you this right now kevin i would love i would love to see him get the ball in a couple of save situations i don't know how you feel about it but i would love to see him get the ball in a couple of save situations here in the next in the next in the next couple of days
1: yeah i think you got to be careful about that you know it's it's a lot about that too if the same part of that lineup was coming up that he had faced you know a couple of games ago in in that series or a game ago in that series it has to be the right situation for you you know me. what i want uh, I'm going to take a
0: break and come back, and I want to talk about that point because it's something we talked about off air yesterday. I think the listeners – I mean, I learned a lot about it hearing you describe the thought process behind using the closers against – different parts of the lineup, one day against the top third of the order, one day against the middle of the order. So let's take a break and come back and go into more detail on that because it's something the Rays do, and it's something you talked about yesterday. I found it really interesting. I think our listeners will too. It's Baseball Central pregame Edition on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, the Jays and White Sox are about a half hour away from finishing their four game series. The Jays lineup is as follows Bichette, Semi, and Vladdy is at first. Teoscar's in right field. Alejandro Kirk, he is DHing. Santiago Espinal's at third. Randall Gritschik's in center. Kevin Smith gets a start in left. Reese McGuire behind the plate because Hyun Jin Ryu is on the mound. The White Sox will send out Tim Anderson, Luis Robert. Abreu Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, Cesar Hernandez, Brian Goodwin, Lurie Garcia, Sebi Zavala. They will have Carlos Rodon on the mound. Uh, he will bring the heat. He will bring the slider. Okay. It's his first start since it's, the first week of April. Before you, of ask me,
1: before you ask me the question about what we were talking about before we went on uh, break. Yeah. If the Jays take three out of four from the White Sox, with the White Sox pitching the best they got, mm-hmm. change your mind about the White Sox? No. No, because uh, the
0: the White Sox are – the only thing that will change my mind about the White Sox is what they do in the postseason. If they stink in the first round, that's where I am with the White Sox. If they stink in the first round, then I'll have been wrong. Up until that point, you know what the White Sox are right now? They're like the Toronto Maple Leafs in hockey. What they do the rest of the year doesn't matter. What they do the rest of this regular season doesn't matter. It's what do you do in the postseason. Mm. That's it. That's it. Um, Now, I will say this. If they lose this series, coupled with the fact that they got their ass handed to them by Tampa Bay, well, then, you know, then that's,
1: that's, it's an interesting discussion. They're not the best team in the American League for you anymore. (laughs) I think Tampa Bay is
0: the best team in the American
1: League. Yeah, Yankees pretty good. Astros pretty good. They're, they're right now, if you go back and look at it in baseball, they're not top five for me. I
0: think, they're not. you mentioned a team that some people are sleeping on too, and and for whatever reason, I think the Astros. They got Bregman. Bregman is back and feeling good about themselves. Carlos Correa has come out and basically said he's going to be a free agent. He's playing for a contract next year. I, I think the Astros have a lot have a lot going for him. All right, um, I want to talk about Robbie Ray as well, but let's deal. First and foremost, was something you said yesterday about the bullpen. Because I, I just, the genesis of the discussion was this. I said, uh, I don't know if I'm all in on Jordan Romano yet. I don't know if I trust Jordan Romano to go back-to-back days. You know, I said I like my closers to be guys like Liam Hendricks. Give me two innings if I need it one day, you know. And then a, a, a day later, give me a third of an eight. Whatever I need my mm-hmm. I need my guys to be able to work back-to-back days and go multiple days. Mm. I just do. You made an interesting point about how the Jays might look at using Romano down the stretch here, and how teams like the Rays manage their closer situation. So just go into detail about yeah, that. yeah. Well, something I think a lot of people... And we're talking about how you use a guy in a series, right? So let's say you got you got a four-game series yeah. against the White Sox. How would you use a closer like Jordan Romano? Who, let's face it, he's not he ain't Mariano Rivera. He's not
1: even Liam Henry. Yeah, well, let's be How honest. Let, let's be honest. Though. The, the 100 and the 101 place. <laughs> let's, let's not lie. Now, yeah. that, that's when he's throwing that, I've mentioned to you that he needs to find a, a happy zone where when he's running out of the pen, when he steps on the mound, it's not 94. He's not trying to find his groove on the mound. He already has his groove, and it's 98, 99, 100, 101, which he's found because he stopped flirting around with the slider. But more to your point, it's about... When you talk to pitching coaches, you talk to managers, you talk to teams that don't have the elite of the elite, who's not worried about facing the same part of the lineup, either back-to-back days or in the same – in, in in the same series with the same guy, right? So 2-3-4 so against the White Sox, you wouldn't want a guy like Jordan Romano most of the time. Now, this Jordan Romano, I think you'd be okay, not back-to-back, but probably the first game and the third game. If it's okay. the same, you're okay with that. But that back-to-back where the stuff may not play as much because he might be tired, you know, they've seen the slider, the way it looks, they could lay off that. That's the point of the more a team sees you, especially a really good lineup, the better chance they got of laying off one of your better pitches to get to a pitch that gives them a better chance of, of making hard contact. So that I think gets back to the race. You look at the race. I think the last time I checked, they got 11 guys who have a save. Like, yeah.
0: but what guys. do they do in a series? They will have one guy. Yeah. Face. Let's use your argument. Let, let's look at today's. Uh, let's just use today's white Sox lineup as an example. All right. Let's say this is game one of the series. Uh, the, J- the Jays decide to use Jordan Romano against two, three, and four in the lineup. Robert Abreu Jimenez. Okay. The next day, what you were saying is maybe you don't use them against two, three, four, but maybe you use them against, I don't know, uh six, seven, eight. Or seven, eight, there, nine, there you go. It's or eight. nine, one, two, three. So you, what you're you mentioned- doing is you're keeping him you're you're keeping him away from the same hitters. You are. You want to give. You want
1: to give that part of the lineup a different look, a right. different arm angle, a different spin on a secondary pitch. Something that they don't have fresh memory of the way that breaks. It's like the. It's like the race. Like you know, everything's equal and everybody's healthy. I know Fairbanks and, and Fireheisen and some of those guys have some hiccups health wise. Mm-hmm. So, but when everybody's healthy, it would be like Fairbanks would pitch the first game of a save, and then the next game would be a Firehies, and then the next game might be a Colin McHugh. Just the point is that the Rays are trying to throw so many different angles and the velocities and breaks at you. The big part of the lineup, just basically, so you can't figure out you know timing and and right. which way it's breaking. It, it's genius. Now the, the most teams can't do that because they don't have enough quality to run it. Mm-hmm. It's like the Jays. The Jays don't have enough quality to do this. That's why right. most of the time you would have to run out a Jordan Romano to do those kind of things. But I just think it's interesting when you talk. At least I do. When I talk to pitching coaches, I talk to managers. They say that when they don't have that elite closer mm-hmm. that can go back to back, and and just it doesn't matter if you know it's coming. That the way they use and try and use it against a certain part of the lineups, the win game. Yeah, uh,
0: it, uh, it it it's something that I mean i hadn't I hadn't thought of it in that way. But again, there are teams that there are teams that do that, and. I know that, you know, after you mentioned that to me, I went back and, and, and did some digging and, and you know, and it's not I don't I don't live and die by everything Kevin Cash says, but went back in spring training and found some stories about how different managers were looking at using uh, you know, because of the increased workload this year for pitchers, how were how were teams gonna manage around that? And one of the things Kevin Cash said was some of his pitchers, yeah, you know, obviously your ace, you're not now Tyler Glasnow was healthy then, you're not gonna uh, you're not necessarily going to worry about it. But his point was you pay particular attention, especially when you get later into the year, to where you're using your guys and against which team. Yeah. And, he said some, and it, sometimes it works out for you. Yeah, if sometimes you, remember, it works out if you
1: for remember, too, I think it was Tampa Bay when Alec Manoa made back-to-back starts against the Rays when everybody was like, oh, how's this going to go? It didn't go well. Right, that they, mm-hmm. they had figured out the two different sliders that he's got. They figured out the sinker, the four-seamer. They eliminated a couple of them. They eliminated one of the locations. That's the point is, is whenever you're going back-to-back and you give a good team information against that certain guy, the chances of you winning that game and having success goes down a little bit. And just teams yeah. are trying to throw different arms at you and different looks at you. It's just, It's an interesting thing to see going forward if the Blue Jays could do that. If the yeah. Blue Jays can get enough quality, it doesn't have to be outstanding, you know, Liam Hendricks kind of quality, but a like a Fairbanks, like a Fireheisen, you just, somebody that throws hard with a big time secondary pitch with a w- weird way that they release the baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Just to give a team a different look. It's just, it's just a funny how all these different teams go about it in different ways.
0: Yeah. And I look, and I, I think that was the Jays' plan. At the start of the year, but let's face it, the Jays' plan, their bullpen plan, didn't work out. Kirby Yates didn't work out. Tyler Chatwood didn't work out. Rafael Dolis didn't work out. Uh, and and we talked about uh, uh, David Phelps getting hurt and and Ryan Berukey. Still the most, still the most puzzling thing to me about this organization. Me too. I think I know. I think I know Nate Pearson. I think I got that figured out. Uh, I, I think I got a bunch of other stuff figured out. I just. I have no idea what's happened to Ryan Boracky. I I I really don't. That to me is the biggest the biggest mystery uh of the He Blue was supposed Jays to be season.
1: Tim Mesa, right? For yes. me yes. anyway he was. At least, yes. Sure was. Yes. Uh
0: you know, and then I mean, I had a conversation with with the Jays coach uh by text Sprig trading and, and and we were talking about Ryan Barucki, and he said he he could be the most important guy in our bullpen. And I I I kind of bought into that, but that's clearly not the case. You got some things you want to say about about Robbie? No, Ray. no.
1: Every, everybody's just trying to because of the way he's doing the year he's having. You know, if the, the Blue Jays have to take a run at it, right? There's there's no oh, chance yeah. that they don't take. Well, there's us, take, no other. Go ahead. Sorry, there, well, go there's ahead. not a really good guy that is has the swing and miss stuff that he has that can do it in the American League. Is that your point? Well, that's my yeah. point, anyway. Yeah. And then you start looking at comparables, maybe contracts that would be similar to his. Now, Lance Lynn signed one at 32 years old, three for 30. That's not going to do it. I think we can both agree on that. Three if, for 30 ain't going to do it, probably. No,
0: but, if 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 Robbie Ray was wants that, I do it. Let, let's and, do it right now. Yeah, yeah, but, Robbie but Ray. But there,
1: but there, but there is a Nathan Avaldi who signed one at 29 years old, four for 68. That's about 17 a year. Now. Robbie Ray makes eight million. He signed a one-year eight million dollar deal. What if you mm-hmm. doubled the eight million? So that's sixteen a year, times three years, that's forty-eight, and an option for a fourth year. Now, if he oh, went, I see what you mean. I'm sorry. Went, Lance Lynn
0: three for three. For some reason, La- I was thinking Lance three of ten went, million a year. Yeah, no, no, no. We're not doing three for thirty with Robbie Ray.
1: Three for yeah, three years for thirty million. That's what Land obviously he signed that extra two-year extension. I'm just trying to make comparables here. That's not going to do it. That's the bottom end. That won't be a conversation because of the year he's had. But that four for sixty-eight, the Nathan Avaldi one, that makes a little more sense. You giving him four years? No. You give him three years and an option for a fourth? I would think long and hard about it. What What I would do if if what I would do.
0: Is I would give it, I would give him more money in the first two years of a deal, and have a third year as the option.
1: He'll be thirty in October. So,
0: uh, yeah, he's not. You know, you're right. I, he's not. He's not thirty-two years old. So, if if I sign him to a three-year contract, I'm getting a guy who's going to be pitching for me at 33-34. Maybe I do it, Bark. Maybe I do it. Maybe I go three in an.
1: Option. Yeah, now you, you got to figure. Maybe so, I go three in an Say option. he wins the Cy Young, that option won't be an option. That'll be four years at whatever the number will be. So you're looking somewhere at doubling what he's making this year. He ain't making – for me, he's not making $20 million a year. So you're looking at somewhere in the $16, $17 million range, and then it gets back to how many years you are giving him. You feel comfortable giving him three years? And the other flip side of that is, what would he look like in a different atmosphere without Pete Walker? If I'm another team because of his past, because of the way it looked then – Compared to what it looks now like with Petey, that's the big question.
0: Well, I I was as you were talking, looking at some of the other available free agents out there. um, It's not a. uh, I guess maybe I I just I assume Max Scherzer is going to sign. Dodgers, L.A. Dodgers. I just yeah, I I just assume he will. You know, I, I look at a team. Well, I look at a team like the Angels, Kevin, and and you know, <laughs> the Angels have got the the best player of his generation and maybe the second best player of his generation, and they're not a factor. No, nope. and they need pitching. And boy, oh boy, you when, when you see what Robbie Ray has done, if you're a team like the Angels, you know you're going to take a big run at him. And the other thing we always have to keep in mind, and this is a factor, is it it's it takes an extra year. You got to offer a guy an extra year to have him come to Toronto. Generally, that's there's yeah, I, a premium for pitching in I would say, for, for I would say that most of the
1: time. But with where Petey's taking this guy and a lot, a lot of the credit goes obviously to Robbie Ray. He's had to, you know, redo routines and, and the way he lifts weights between starts. That's all him. But the mechanical mm. part of it, the staying on top of the rubber, the turn that he has, as much as he uses his fastball, the location of that fastball that's made that slider. The, the way the slider is. I, I'm just curious to know how that would look going somewhere else. I, again, uh, I, I, Ellen, if it's me, I'm
0: certainly bark. I am. I'm certainly willing to have that, to have that discussion with him at the start of the year. I needed, I just wanted to see how he finished the year. And I still kind of want to see how he finished the year, but given the role that he's on right now, you know, um, and, and given where this team is with his pitching, and if I just with his pitching, and if I just close my eyes and think, okay, Ryu, Ray, Manoa, Barrios is my rotation next year. If if I can add another bat to my lineup, I mean, I, and and figure the bullpen out, I would take that starting rotation in the American League East in a heartbeat. I would absolutely take it. And I haven't yeah. even thrown in Stephen Mattson. Yeah, yeah. See, very
1: well see be my it, fifth guy. See if it was me. This We're just playing around like, you know, mm-hmm. we're a couch GM. I would rather go out and trade for a third baseman, let Marcus Simeon go, give Robbie Ray the three-year at $48 million, make my pitching staff pretty good. I can lean on that. Now I can go out and spend what, however much money I need to spend on my bullpen to solidify my seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, I, I'm
0: I'm with you in that. I, I I think it would be. I think it would be easier to to punt on Marcus Semien, take that money and spend it on Robbie Ray, and then try to f- try to fix third base. Also, knowing that at some point I might have Aurelvis Martinez down the road, and I know you can't count on him for next year, mm-hmm. but knowing at some point I might have him down the road. But it it, it is, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's an it's an intriguing discussion. I, I, one thing about this, I will tell you. You know, in recent years, we've seen teams debate whether or not they're going to af- offer a guy qualifying offering. And there's no debate with these guys. There's no debate with Simeon or Ray. I mean, if either of them were to come back, even on a one-year deal, if for whatever reason they would, you would take it. You would
1: take it. Yeah, no. they're not. They're not. No, I I, I, st- but, I still think LA will be the the one competitor with the Blue Jays when it comes to Robbie Ray. That they, they need pitching. You, you just mentioned it. All, all the offensive firepower that they have and their their pitching staff is atrocious it's not yep. bad it's a atro- it's atrocious and i just think they're going to go out and back the truck up for whatever and if they have to give robbie ray an extra year they'll do it and if you're robbie ray and they'll give you an extra year guess where robbie ray will be california there you go
0: is he a california guy or is he no he's from uh he's a tennessee guy i do believe um so first pitch today is at 307 the Jays lineup, we mentioned Bichette, Simeon, Vladdy, Teoscar, Kirk, Espinel, Grichuk, Smith. That's Kevin Smith and Reese McGuire. The Chicago White Sox lineup, Anderson, Robert, Abreu, Jimenez, Vaughn, Hernandez, Goodwin, Garcia, Zavala, Carlos Rodon on the mound for the Chicago White Sox. Hyunjin Ryu for the Blue Jays. Mr. Barker, any final thoughts? 20 seconds of thoughts? Carlos wrote on Jays, don't be afraid. Get that foot down. And get it singing. Everybody's watching. There you go. Ben Wagner has the call of the game from the Rogers Center. We'll be back tomorrow at our usual time, five to seven.
1: Sit back and enjoy baseball. On oh, Sportsnet five ninety, the fan.